This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. We offer a free Erotica Podcast and a premium patron taboo podcast which contains more intense sexual themes. You can subscribe to the premium podcast for $2 per month or support the Erotica Podcast on Patreon to support us and allows members to request future stories and themes. Thank you for listening. This podcast contains mature content and is intended for an adult audience only. It contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of all stories is fiction with any similarities to real people or events being purely coincidental. This podcast is not intended for anything but entertainment of the listener, and if you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. Better Than Life by Chris Jarita. Chapter 01 It's my first time, I said. I'm going to need you to tell me what to do. The woman smiled. Better Than Life is just like any other SimSensory game, except that it's run by a powerful AI that can generate anything you can imagine. We have a list of your interests, and the porno world setting you've chosen can cater to any kink, but it helps to give it some idea of what you like and what you don't like first when it comes to sex. So, straight, bi or gay? Straight. Any special kinks or fetishes? Not really. Not into BDSM, pegging, choking, water sports, feet, armpits, anything like that. Just oral sex, anal, rimming, titfucking, the usual stuff, I guess. Any particular setting? I know you write science fiction and fantasy, and we can do most of those worlds as well as historical. Modern day is fine. How often do you want to be able to come? I don't know. Once or twice an hour, like when I was a teenager, with the stamina I had when I was in my twenties and the skills and knowledge and memories I have now. Apart from that, I want to still be me, maybe without the glasses, but in a world where sex is safe and consensual and fun for everyone involved, so women say yes a lot more. Okay, that's straightforward enough. We're going to show you some images and get your reaction to those, and when that's done, just walk through the door. What door? I asked, but she was already gone. The wall behind her became a cinema screen showing a montage of images, female porn stars in a variety of costumes, poses, sexual positions, and settings. The screen split into quarters, then sixteenths, and then the wall became blank apart from a very ordinary-looking door. I walked towards this and opened it, and found myself in the lobby of my favorite New Orleans hotel. The receptionist was a gorgeous woman showing impressive cleavage. She looked vaguely familiar and if you'd put her on the cover of something like Black and Stacked or Ebony B.R.A. Busters she would have doubled the sales figures. But I'm sure that if I'd seen her before I would remember her. Mr. Singer, she said smiling, as she removed a key from the rack behind her. Good morning. Your luggage is already in your room. Number 22, second floor. Thank you, I said, taking the key. We both looked at each other for several seconds, but she didn't offer to show me her tits and I wasn't entirely sure I would get away with asking, so I just waved slightly and walked to the lift. Let's face it, I've never been good at propositioning women. Even most of my one-night stands have been with women I've known for a while, and it took me most of a day window shopping in Amsterdam's red-light district before I worked up the nerve to ask a busta sex worker if the, very low, price of a fuck included permission to play with her breasts that I walked along the corridor to my room, and as I passed an open door, I saw a petite blonde sitting on a bar stool and playing with her clit and nipples while a tall, zoftig redhead kneeling behind her orally worshipped her lovely ass. I'm not sure how long I stood there and I didn't intend to stare, but the blonde looked around and smiled. Hi. Just arrived? She had an English accent, but not the London-slash-Oxford type you usually hear, something more working class. Uh, yes. Like to join us? Oh, hell yeah. I said, and walked into the room, shutting the door behind me. Uh, I'm Dan. Alice. And this is Annie. The redhead briefly took one hand off Alice's butt and waved without removing her face from between her cheeks. What do you want me? Alice reached down and stroked Annie's hair. Come around here so I can suck those beautiful boobs, she said, and Annie somewhat reluctantly obeyed. I guess that Alice wanted me to take her place, so I knelt behind her and began kissing her but then buried my face between her cheeks. 
I'd rimmed women before, of course, but it was mostly for their pleasure and the hope of persuading them to return the favor or let me fuck them in the ass or maybe both. But Alice's ass smelled of pussy and perfume, and when I stuck my tongue out to run it around her asshole, it tasted delicious undeniably like a woman, with the salty taste of fresh clean sweat, but with a hint of sweetness, almost like apples or pomegranate. I'm not sure how long I spent there, licking up and down, around and around that flower-like sphincter, before I started pushing the tip of my tongue inside and feeling her asshole tighten around it as she came down I kept licking eagerly, barely noticing Annie as she squatted beside me until she unzipped my jeans, pulled them and my boxers down so that my cock sprang free. I thought she was just giving me a handjob and was slightly disappointed, until I realized that she was rubbing lube all over it, and I guessed why a moment before Alice said, That's fantastic, but now I need to be fucked. She prefers it in her ass. Annie whispered in my ear as Alice reached back to spread her cheeks and her girlfriend guided my cock towards that hot little hole. There was a moment of pleasant resistance as my glands eased through it, and Alice gasped, and then her asshole tightened around my shaft as it easily slid all the way inside her. She grabbed my hands and pulled them onto her breasts breasts smaller than Annie's but perfect handfuls, as though they'd been designed for each other the same way her ass was a perfect fit for my cock then went back to playing with her clit. We settled into a rhythm as though we'd been dancing like this forever, her ass squeezing my cock every time she came and delaying my own orgasm. It was like all the best moments of the best but fucks I'd ever had tight and thrilling as any first time yet energetic as the sessions with the most expert anal enthusiasts I'd been lucky enough to know. I was almost ready to explode but not wanting it to ever end, when suddenly Annie knelt behind me and started rimming me. I enjoyed this as long as I could before the pleasure became too much and I erupted into Alice's bowels. Everything went hazy for a moment, but I guess Alice and Annie must have guided me towards the bed, because the next thing I knew I was lying on it face up while Alice sprawled across it, giggling softly as Annie stuck her tongue as far as she could into her gape as she sucked out my cum. The afterglow felt strong enough to light up an entire city. Well, we said simultaneously that we lay there until I felt strong enough to sit up again, and then I said, I need a shower. Not a bad idea. Alice said drilly. I join you, but I need to make this slut come a bunch of times first. Annie climbed onto the bed and kissed her, letting some of my cum run into her mouth. But we'll leave the door open in case you want to pop in again. Thanks, I said, and gathered up my clothes and my room key. I'm just at the end of the hall, so... I staggered out as Annie lowered her cunt onto Alice's face and waved me goodbye.ny room looked much as I remembered the hotel room looking when I last visited New Orleans, though the sketches on the walls had been replaced with Olivia de Burardinus paintings, and the bathroom was huge, with the shower stall and the jacuzzi big enough for three, and a bidet beside the toilet. I opened the suitcase on the luggage rack and the suit bag hanging in the closet, and found a mixture of clothes ranging from an Armani suit and silk shirts to leather jackets, t-shirts and jeans. My watch, when I looked at it for the first time, had changed from an old Casio to an Omega Speedmaster. I had a shower changed into new 501s, a Sandman t-shirt and Reebok alien stompers, and walked out onto the balcony to check out the view. The far side of the street was lined with restaurants not only the best Cajun restaurants I knew from New Orleans, but also my favorite Mexican, Italian, Texan barbecue, even an Okonomiyaki place from Hiroshima. More than a third of the crowd were cosplayers. I instantly spotted a Jessica Rabbit, an Elvira, a Vampirella, a Velma, a Mystique, a Green Orion slave girl and three different Harley Quinns. There were men in the street, too, some of them also in impressive cosplay but they seemed slightly outnumbered. A gorgeous goth with her nipples popping out the top of her corset looked up and smiled at me, and I smiled back. It might not be real, but I had a strong feeling I was going to like this place. Chapter 02 A flyer on top of the room service menu helped explain what was going on outside, and a quick search on my phone told me the rest. It was 2024, and with people so eager to get out of isolation now that COVID was over, a huge annual pop culture convention had outgrown its traditional venue and needed to expand. The only other hotel large enough to hold the overflow located within easy walking distance had already booked one floor for an adult entertainment expo, so the convention had split into two a family-friendly event at the main venue, and an 18 plus one specializing in horror and hentai a block from my hotel. To accommodate the cosplayers queuing to get in, the city had barricaded off the road for a block and it had turned into a street fair, 
with girl group Nuclear Pussy playing on a concert stage outside the hotel. I headed downstairs and wandered towards the expo, hoping I'd be admitted. The side of the street I hadn't seen from my hotel window featured a few more restaurants, but also a range of other businesses' boutiques, bookshops, comic shops, sex shops, strip clubs. I looked for the end of a queue and ended up standing behind an attractive woman dressed as Harley Quinn from the animated Batman series, in the skin-tight red and black catsuit. I was admiring how tightly the costume hugged her curves when I realized that it most of it wasn't a costume at all, between her boots, her gloves and her fool's cap, she was wearing nothing but paint. She turned around a moment later, looked me up and down, and grinned. Hi. She said. Um, hi. Looking forward to the con. Yes, though there seems to be quite a crowd. I hope they let me in. I think you'll get in. She said, reaching behind her to fondle my erection through my jeans. Though we could be waiting for quite a while. True. But if they've sold all the tickets, you might still get sneak in by the back door. She said, unbunning my levis and reaching in through the fly of my boxer shorts, pulling my cock out and guiding it towards her asshole. I was too startled to protest, even when she grabbed my right hand and placed it over her shaven cunt. Juice came trickling out as soon as she slid my finger down past her clit onto her labia, and the head of my cock popped so easily into her but that I realized that she had already lubed it ready for anal. I'm not an exhibitionist by nature, but no one seemed to have noticed what we were doing, or if they did, they didn't care. We fucked slowly while I rubbed her clit with my thumb and curled my fingers inside her in search for her G-spot. My left hand held onto her hip to keep us steady, and occasionally we took a step forward as the cue advanced. The music from the bandstand drowned out most of the noise we were making, though occasionally she had to muffle her moans with a gloved hand over her mouth. No one else in the crowd seemed to notice what we were doing as we swayed to the music, or even when we shuffled along with the rest of the queue. Each time she came, her ass squeezed my cock so tightly that it prevented me ejaculating and delayed my own orgasm a little longer, until finally the fabulous friction became too much to withstand and I came in her delightful derriere. We stayed locked together for a moment, then she pulled away from me so that I could tuck myself back in and button up my jeans, and then I realized we'd reached the steps outside the hotel. Before long, we made it to the front of the queue and the woman I just sodomized was being asked for her name. Quinn Ellis. She replied. Full membership prepaid. I mentally kicked myself for not asking her that. I'd never had sex with a woman whose name I didn't know before okay, sometimes it was only a first name, and in a few cases it almost certainly wasn't their real name, but at least it was a name. Then again, she hadn't asked mine either. Your name is really Quinn? I asked. Yes. Got teased about it a lot by the Daria fans at school, before I got into Batman comics. She picked up her name badge, then turned around and kissed me. Copy later, she said, and headed towards the lifts. Name? Asked the woman at the desk. Dan Singer. I dash. A woman at the next desk turned to look at me. If she noticed that I smelled of anal sex, she didn't comment. Glad you made it. She said. Your signing session's in 40 minutes. We have your badge here, but your freebie bag is in the green room on the top floor. Room 1138. I think I can remember that. I said, as she handed me a lanyard and a badge. I headed for the lifts but Quinn had already disappeared. The green room was much quieter than the exhibition floor, but that's pretty much the point. I recognized a few of the people writers, editors, voice actors, game designers, scientists, artists who were there planning their panels, taking advantage of the buffet, or just taking a brief break from interacting with their fans. The young woman checking badges was another voluptuous goth, wearing a zippered miniskirt and Ouija board t-shirt only slightly less tight than Quinn's body paint. She saw my name, and handed me a heavy sling bag, then reached into her own bag and pulled out a pen and a hardcover of my first novel which she asked me to autograph, saying that she wouldn't be able to come downstairs in time for my signing session. Green room etiquette about asking for autographs doesn't automatically apply to unpaid volunteers. She showed me her badge so I could spell Morgana correctly, then bend over so I could use her back as a writing desk, her skirt riding up to show that she wasn't wearing anything beneath it. She grinned when she read my inscription, then pointed at the buffet. Help yourself to anything. She purred out I resisted the urge to go down on her, and walked over to the table ate some gumbo and drank a cup of tea, then decided to head downstairs. On my way out, I looked at Morgana, wondering whether her impressive breasts were real. She looked up, smiled, and tapped the yes on the Ouija board on her t-shirt. I guess she was used to people wondering that, 
The exhibition floor was enormous, and fairly evenly divided between the sexpo and the horror and gaming convention. Some of the video game booth babes rivaled the porn stars and camgirls for sexiness, though they tended to wear skin-tight bodysuits rather than G-strings and pasties, micro-bikini tops, duct tape or glitter. They were also strictly hands-off, while some of the porn stars were offering lap dances, motorboating and face-sitting. There was so much going on that I didn't expect any takers for my signing session I've had a few books published, but I'm hardly Neil Gaiman or George R. R. Martin but I sat at a small table between two bookshop stalls and watched the cosplayers go by. I was astonished and delighted when a young woman in a power girl costume came up to my table and leaned over before handing me a copy of one of my novels. As I signed it, she said softly, Is it true that you also write smut as Chris Charita? I managed to look up into her face rather than her impressive boob window. Yes, I admitted, but most of those stories are only available online, so unless you want me to sign your iPad. She smiled and tugged her costume's boob window down until her nipples popped out. Do you sign body parts? I blinked but was happy to agree. I wrote Chris on her left breast and Charita on the right and she kissed me on the cheek, the one to the left of my nose, not, and sashayed away. Over the next few minutes, a few more people came up with books for me to sign, and then a woman cosplaying as the Valkyrie from Battle Beyond the Stars joined the queue and asked me to sign her breasts. She was followed by an Elvira impersonator who asked for the same thing, then a Scarlet Witch, and then a young woman wearing a Princess Leia slave costume who climbed up on my desk, spread her legs and placed her feet on my shoulders so that I had an excellent view of her very pretty cunt, and asked me to sign her inner thighs. Okay, I said, reaching for the whiteboard marker. But who is going to see? I'm a stripper. She said. Oh. I'm on the main stage at 4.30, or you can catch me at the club around the corner. VIP members get in free. Thanks. And of course, there's the orgy tonight. She said, scrambling down from the desk. I signed a few more books before my time was up, yielded the desk to a lovely Sri Lankan woman who also wrote SF and erotica, then adjusted my jeans so that my hard-on was less obvious, and hurried back towards the lifts. I was power-walking past the booth selling back issues of magazines when a MILF wearing AAG string and glitter stepped into my path so that I had to stop dead or collide with her. She had enormous breasts and a grin that was nearly as big and sexy and even more memorable. Hi, she said in that glorious maple syrup accent. I'm Tiff. Hi. She picked up a copy of D-Cup from the desk, opened to her center spread then turned a page. Did you write this story? Um, yeah. She returned the magazine to the table, then grabbed the back of my head and pushed it into her cleavage. I knew her breasts had been enhanced but unlike too many fake tits that feel like overinflated basketballs, hers felt as soft as though they were natural and her perfume was intoxicating. I don't normally read the stories in the magazines, but I enjoyed this one a lot, so I thought I'd say thanks. She crooned out I'd been desperately horny even before that encounter, but now I felt as though so turned on that I could barely resist the urge to unbutton my jeans and slide my cock between those massive boobs and titty-fuck tiff until I gave her a pearl necklace. But even though I knew that I could have done it and been applauded by everyone watching, that this scenario had been created purely for my benefit, I couldn't quite bring myself to do it. Partly it was because I hadn't cleaned my cock since fucking Queen in the ass, but mostly because I'm not that much of an exhibitionist. Thank you, I said, when I was no longer being deliciously smothered. I have to go to the green room for a while. Okay, Tiff said. Are you coming to the orgy tonight? Probably, I said. I'll see you there then, she said, and went back to perusing the magazines. I hurried to the lifts and pressed the button, and a door opened almost instantly. I was about to step inside when I noticed that it was already occupied. Quinn was on her hands and he's being fucked from behind by a woman dressed as the Suicide Squad movie version of Harley Quinn. Oops, said Quinn then. Didn't think the door would open. You coming? Not yet, I thought, and hurried in just before the door closed. You don't have a room? Yeah, but hers is six blocks away and mine is eight, said Quinn. We couldn't afford this place. Bobby, this is Dan. Hi, said Bobby, obviously not pleased by the interruption. She went back to fucking Quinn with a strap on nearly as thick as my wrist, with one finger through the loop of a string of anal beads in Quinn's butt. Quinn, smiling, reached up and grabbed my cock through the denim of my jeans. Ooh, she said. Is that for me? I haven't had a chance to get cleaned up since. No problem. I love ass to mouth. 
She said that I blinked, then knelt before her and freed my cock. She licked it from my balls to the tip said, Yum! Then slowly slid it into her mouth until her nose was buried in my pubes. She sucked with energy and expertise apparently born of enthusiasm and experience. I tried not to come too quickly, but soon I was squirting what felt like a bucket load of semen down her throat. She drew her head back to catch as much of it on her tongue as she could, savoring it before gulping it all down, and a moment later, she began coming in great spasms as Bobby pulled the beads from her ass. Quinn collapsed onto the floor of the lift then, as her cunt relaxed enough that Bobby could withdraw that massive toy, opened her mouth so that Bobby could lower the gobstopper-sized beads into it. Quinn sucked them clean, then grinned and blew each of us a kiss. Wow, she said. That was fantastic. Bobby smiled, dropped the beads into a tote bag and removed her strap-on. We should probably stop hogging the lift. What floor did you want? Eleven. I said, pulling my pants up. I hope there isn't a camera in here. It's okay, said Quinn. I'm a cam girl anyway, and I came here for the seminars on breaking into porn. And to get laid, Bobby added dryly. Well, that too, said Quinn, as the lift began to move. See you at the orgy tonight? Probably, I said, and looked at Bobby. Are you a porn star? No, I just do their hair and makeup, and I've dated a few. This is where we get off, she said, as the lift stopped at the third floor. Bye. The doors closed leaving me alone in a lift that smelled overpoweringly of hot sex. I'd nearly reached the eleventh floor when my phone rang. Hello? Hi. In five minutes you will have been in VR for four hours. Health and safety requirements require you to take a break of at least thirty minutes before logging in again. Do you want to pause the game now? Chapter 03 The VR room had an ensuite bathroom, so I showered, grabbed a Coke from the bar fridge, ordered a BLT and fries from room service, and put on a clean pair of boxer shorts. I ate, drank, and watched some porn on the TV while waiting for the mandatory half-hour rest break to finish. How does this all work? I asked, as I returned to the recliner and down the headset. I don't mean the direct neural feed, I mean the world creation. Are you sure you want to know? The guide replied. A little. The setting was more elaborate than I expected. A lot of people, a lot of props, and the people I met seemed real. They were, sort of. VRAI can't really create anything except by taking things that already exist and modifying them as needed. But it's much faster than human thought, and it can gauge your emotions and respond before you've had time to act or speak. It also has access to a huge store of images and other data online and from other players. The cosplayers and the convention all came from videos online, or from other players' fantasies, and the stalls were copied from comic cons, anime cons, dragon con, world cons, exoxotica, and others. But the main reason it works is that people aren't very observant. Do you know the video of the gorilla and the basketball players? Is that a Rule 34 thing? Some of my best friends are furries, but oh. The penny dropped. The psych test. You tell people watching the video to count how many times the basketball is passed, then ask if they notice the guy in the gorilla costume. Is that the one you mean? Exactly. There are other examples, but that's the best known. There was also a time when gamblers paid a nude model to walk around the table during a bridge tournament, betting that the players wouldn't notice her. They won the bet. Sounds like a good excuse not to learn to play bridge, not that I needed another one. Between the hotel and your signing table, you walked past hundreds of people taken from different movies and video footage, and you only noticed the cosplayers and the attractive women. So we only need to flesh out the one or two you're focusing on at the time, which means we can make those one's personalities and bodies as real as anything else. Beyond that, everything runs on an XXX69 porn logic simulator, but you're in control of your choices. All the women will do exactly what you want to do even if you don't ask aloud, and the neural interface means that the sex feels like the best bits of the best sex you've ever had. But because you know real reality from porn reality, you know when you have to use lube and not to go ass to pussy, and you do your best to make sure the women enjoy themselves too, because otherwise it feels fake. Even when you motorboat that stripper, you saw her as the MILF she is now rather than the 19-year-old in the magazine, because that's the reality you believe in. And VRAI set the challenge level at something you'd enjoy. Not too easy, not too frustrating. If you'd wanted, we could have made it a totally free-use world we get a lot of requests for that or given you the power to make every woman in the room come just by clicking your tongue. Where do you want to go back to the game? 
Where you paused? Sure. Just like that, I was standing in the lift again, and a moment later it opened at the eleventh floor. I checked that my fly was buttoned up and headed back into the green room. Morgana smiled at me and asked, How did the signing go? It was a lot of fun. Great. Can I talk you into judging the masquerade this evening? One of the guests had to cancel. I don't really know much about costumes. Her smile widened. That's okay. Many of the contestants won't be wearing any. What? The real masquerade, for serious customers, is over at the other venue. This is just for people whose costumes or acts are strictly adults only. Oh. Let me think about it. Is that the bathroom over there? Yes. I'll be back in a minute. I promised, and headed for the bathroom. Rather than just wash my tackle in the sink, I decided to have a quick shower, so I stripped off and climbed into the enclosure. A moment later, the door opened, I must have forgotten to lock it, and Morgana walked in. She shut the door behind her, then peeled off her t-shirt. She had tattoos on her shoulders and a pentacle around her pierced navel, but her natural breasts were unmarked and even bigger than Annie's, nearly as big as Tiff's. I've never understood why women think tattooing their tits could make them look even better than they are. I thought I'd have a better chance of talking you into judging the masquerade if I showed you my boobs. She said then hefted one of them up so she could rub her tongue around the nipple and kiss it. I'm told they're very persuasive. If I'd felt like arguing, which I didn't, she made that impossible by rubbing her boobs across my face until one of the nipples popped into my mouth. After I'd sucked on it for a moment, feeling the nipple swell and stiffen, she grabbed a bottle of body wash, squirted it into her enticing cleavage, and rubbed those hentai boobies together, as she knelt before me. She wrapped her tits around my cock and used them and her tongue it into a full erection, then said sweetly, That shower floor looks slippery. Occupational health and safety requirements suggest you'd be better off sitting down. This is your occupation? She laughed as she led me by my cock and sat me down on the bidet. More of a goddamn hobby, but I like to think my work is a professional standard. She fed me the other nipple as she sat me down on the bidet. Do you prefer professionals? Fuck no, I said, reluctantly taking my mouth from her delicious tit. Sometimes when I'm traveling and I don't have time to meet anyone, they're good, but I'd much rather be with women who are as enthusiastic as I am. Good, she said, as she smushed her boobs into my chest and began working her way down until she'd sandwiched my erection between her tits again and proceeded to give me the best titwank I'd ever had. She didn't just squeeze her breasts to form a tunnel for me to fuck, she caressed my cock with those gorgeous gazangas, rubbing a nipple up the length from my balls to the meatus jiggling and juggling her jubbly so that I felt as much as possible of that slippery silken softness, alternating between smiling up at me and looking down so that she could kiss and lick the head of my cock as it emerged from between them. If you don't stop that, I said the next time I caught her eye. I'm going to come all over you. Then why would I want to stop? She asked and twirled her tongue around my glands. I focused on the feeling of her soft delicious breasts, and a moment later, I ejaculated so hard that she couldn't swallow it all before it ran down her chin and onto her boobs. She grinned, then licked up as much of my cum off her face and her tits as her tongue could reach. Okay, I said a moment later, while she was scooping up the rest of my jizz with her fingers and sucking them clean. Now it's your turn. I stood, lifted her onto her feet, unzipped that pink-tight skirt, and sat her down on the bidet, parting her thighs and kissing my way along them until I could taste her delicious cooch, using my tongue to part her outer lips until the suckable inner lips emerged. Her dark pubic hair had been trimmed into an arrow shape that pointed to her clit hood piercing, which I gently sucked into my mouth until her giggles turned into gasps. The tip of my tongue spiraled slowly towards her clit as I slipped a finger, then a second finger, into her juicy cunt, stroking until I found her G-spot. It didn't take long to make her come, but she grabbed my ears and pulled my head back up towards her boobs before I could do it again. Stop, she said. That was fantastic, but really intense. I need a breather, she laughed. Besides, other people may be needing the bathroom. We'd better get out of here, when I can walk again. I have a room just down the street, I said, picking up her skirt and t-shirt. Unless they still need you here. She shook her head as I handed her her clothes. I'm on my lunch break. I grabbed my watch. I haven't had lunch either, and I know a great place across the street. Want to join me? The restaurant was crowded, but there was no queue and they found us a table for two. Many of the other clients were cosplayers or other congoers, 
I saw four girls wearing different Catwoman costumes, a Michelle Pfeiffer, a Halle Berry, a Julie Namar and an Eartha Kitt, in one booth, and noticed a young woman painted as Tigra, with her tail attached to her butt plug, giving a foot job to an older guy in a kilt. He managed to come quietly, but she caught my eye a minute later and blushed clear through her makeup, then gave me a sheepish grin. Our waitress, Tamika, was an attractive woman who resembled a twenty-ish Josephine Baker, right down to the hairstyle, though not the bananas. I ordered the crawfish quartet and a shrimp Caesar salad. Morgana opted for gumbo and the catfish platter. You really do like seafood, don't you? She said as the waitress sashayed away with the menus. Is that meant to be a metaphor? Morgana smiled. You did seem to enjoy it almost as much as I did which is saying a lot. I did I do. Used to be that I did it because mainly I thought that if women I slept with had a good time, they were more likely to come back, which was good, partly because I wasn't good at picking women up but mostly because sex gets better once you start to know more about each other and what the other person likes. But I soon realized that pleasing women was its own reward. I finished, as the waitress returned with our drinks. Call it a goddamn hobby if you like. I mean, look at people who play golf. They may feel a sense of achievement if they get better at it, but it doesn't benefit anyone. I got the same sense of achievement from getting better at cunnilingus, and it makes someone else feel good. Of course, it helps if you like the taste. She replied. True. And women look even more beautiful when they've just come. I? I did a double take. You too? Well, I prefer cocks, but sure. She looked across the room. I think our waitress is checking you out. I thought it was you she had her eye on. I replied. Shall we ask her? It was Morgana's turn to do a double take, but she thought for a moment and then smiled. You like to watch, huh? I didn't get to see your face when you came. I said. I tried looking up, but her big beautiful breasts had obscured my view, which isn't exactly a complaint. I'd like to. I beckoned to Tamika, who hurried over. Morgana was wondering if you'd like to go down on her. I said. Tamika barely hesitated. I'd love to. She said and disappeared under the table that I watched as Morgana leaned back and spread her legs. She tried to keep a straight face and breathe normally as Tamika began kissing her lovely lower lips. Starting to wish she'd left us the menus to hide behind. She muttered. But then I couldn't see your old face. I said. It's not going to stop you coming, is it? Morgana gulped. No. She replied. She's, she's. I think she's done this before. She's as good as you, and as enthusiastic. I heard Tamika giggle softly. Morgana took a deep breath, and said, in as normal a voice as she could manage, so, are you going to judge the masquerade? I promise it'll be fun. Oh God, what's she doing? Licking around my clit, oh fuck. I don't think I can be quiet, no one said you had to be quiet. She gasped suddenly. Oh, that's oh yeah? Yes. Yes. Yes, keep doing that, yes, yes. Yes. I caught a brief glimpse of her ecstatic expression and wide pupils before she started shaking and threw her head back. A few people turned to watch, a few applauded, and I could hear women telling waiters and waitresses. I'll have what she's having. Morgana regained the power of speech at about the time waitstaff were disappearing under tables and Tamika emerged from beneath ours. Tamika put two fingers to my lips so I could taste Morgana's nectar and grinned. I'll be back with your entrees in a few minutes. I watched Tamika's shapely ass as she headed for the kitchen, then turned to Morgana. I still didn't get to see your old face. She shrugged, making her boobs bounce appealingly, then smiled. Maybe next time. She said. I've promised to help a friend with her costume this afternoon, but I'll be at the masquerade. I'll see you there. And at the orgy afterwards? Count on it. Chapter 04 The food was as delicious as any I'd ever had, and watching Morgana enjoying her meal as her afterglow slowly faded added to the pleasure. I tipped the waitress a C-note before we walked back out onto the street, and promised again to meet Morgana at the masquerade. That left me the rest of the afternoon to see what else virtual reality had to offer. I followed some of the more or less scantily dressed cosplayers to the convention center where the family-friendly events were being held, and wandered around the huckster's room for a while. Writers and artists were sitting behind tables signing books and chatting with congoers who stopped for long enough to engage in conversation while hundreds of fans queued up for photos and autographs with actors, or to be photographed in the 60s Batmobile, the Durango 95 from A Clockwork Orange, 
the prisoners KR001, or two of the cars from Death Race 2000. There were cosplayers aplenty, including the usual superheroes, Imperial forces, and others from films, TV, anime, and video games, as well as 13 Elvira impersonators in the queue to meet Cassandra Peterson. There were other movie props and replicas on display, some of them for sale, as well as huge stalls selling books, games, dice, action figures, t-shirts, jewelry and the other sorts of merch you'd expect at a large con. If it's been real real, not just virtual real, and my unobtainium credit card were equally real, I could have had a ball. But I knew it wasn't, and that none of it would exist after I switched off the headset. Sure, VRAI could have faked up photos of me hugging Elvira or piloting an X-Wing, and they might fool most people but they'd be no more real than the ones I had of me on Mars or on Everest. A friend once told me that if you have to choose between an enjoyable experience and a non-essential object, pick the experience. I'm not saying that's absolutely true IRL, but it seemed to be in VR. I left the huckster's room and wandered into a panel where an SF writer who was also a physicist was talking about spaghettification, the way black holes stretch objects that fall into them. I went from there into the next room, where famous fantasy writers were talking about world creation. I figured VRA I would probably have taken old video of conventions and made them 3D but I thought I might hear something that would help with my own writing, so I sat down next to a young woman dressed as seven of nine as one of the writers said. A big part of the fun of writing fantasy is that you're only limited by your imagination. You can do any damn thing you as long as the plot justifies it, and call it magic. Tolkien never explained why there are potatoes and tobacco in Middle-earth. You only need to explain if it's interesting. First rule of fiction is, leave out the boring bits. If you want your character to go from point A to point B and nothing happens in between, that's all you need to say. If you want it to take a year, just say it took a year. If you want him to get there instantly, use magic. Let your imagination run riot. I blinked, and suddenly I was back at the other venue, where the enormous queues were for meeting porn stars. Some of them had borrowed Violet Myers's idea of selling tickets to spin a wheel offering selfies, merch, or for the more fortunate, a few seconds of face-sitting, motorboating, or copping a feel while under the watchful eye of security guards. Some were even raffling off chances to star in a fuck a fan video. There were shorter priority queues for VIP members, and I spent a heavenly moment with my face between Angela White's beautiful big breasts and my hands caressing her magnificent and adorably fuckable ass. At the next booth, Lulu Chu sat on my face and twerked. The next booth was for WeFuckBlackGirls.com, where three gorgeous women of color Tina, Ashlyn and Bethany in barely visible bikinis posed for selfies with their fans and signed DVD covers and magazines. They all had big beautiful natural boobs heavy, black and pendulous, and they encouraged me to motorboat them before I walked on. I noticed the slave Leia cosplayer whose thighs I'd signed walking onto the stage to the strains of the Imperial March so I picked a seat in the front row. She came over and squatted before me, spreading her legs to show that the autograph was still legible, then removed her bikini top and sandwiched my face between her bouncing boobs so I could motorboat her. She walked away and teased the other spectators for a moment, then circled back as she removed the front and back panels of her skirt. The bikini bottom, latex painted to resemble bronze, hit the floor, leaving her clad in nothing but her boots and a g-string slightly wider than dental floss. A as she gyrated before me, much of the g-string disappeared between her luscious-looking labia, and when she turned her back on me and bent over, the thin strip of plastic did little to obscure the Rebel Alliance insignia on the base of her butt plug. She waved her cunt and ass so close to my face that I could almost taste them, and the only thing stopping me from sticking my tongue out and doing exactly that, or even extracting her butt plug and climbing on stage and ass-fucking her while everyone watched was my own inhibitions. Intellectually, I knew that it was all VR, and that if I had turned it the strip show into a sex show, the dancer would have cooperated enthusiastically, and the audience wouldn't have interfered. Hell, they probably would have applauded but I'm not enough of an exhibitionist to do enjoy doing something like that, even virtually. The music finished, and the stripper walked off stage, and I headed towards the lifts, hoping that Morgana or someone equally hot would be in the green room and DTF. The doors opened almost instantly. The lift was empty, but just as the doors were closing, the three nearly naked women from the WeFuckBlackGirls.com booth came hurrying towards the lift. I instinctively hit the open doors button so they could come inside. Thanks, they said, and one of them pressed the button for the sixth floor. I concentrated on looking at the doors rather than the women and caught myself thinking that the VR wasn't all that realistic, 
because I'd never been to a con before where there had never been a problem with the lifts and then the lights went out. No one spoke or moved for a moment. Until I remembered the flashlight app on my phone and used it to find the emergency call button on the control panel. After I'd explained our situation, an apologetic voice said that they'd send a repair person ASAP, but that would probably be at least 20 minutes. Fuck. I muttered, and one of the women laughed. Well, okay. Said another. We do have 20 minutes. I was still trying to think of something to say when I felt a hand on my belt buckle, and then one of the trio grabbed my head and pushed it down to her huge breasts, which she smushed against my face until one of her nipples popped into my open mouth. Another woman pulled my jeans and boxers down to my ankles and started licking up and down my cock from my balls to the tip and back again, while the third kissed my ass until she found my butthole and began rimming me. The woman whose tit I was sucking was laughing softly with pleasure, and she grabbed one of my hands and guided it between her legs to her already wet cunt. I slipped one finger inside her, then a second, then began circling her clit with my thumb while rubbing her G-spot. The porn star who'd been giving me sloppy head wrapped her tits around my saliva-slick cock while her tongue teased my glands, and I felt her friends twat tighten around my fingers as her orgasm neared. I frigged her until she came, squealing with delight, and then the woman kneeling behind me stopped licking my asshole and said, My turn. A moment later, I was on my back and another wet twat was lowered onto my face like an oxygen mask that I began licking her delicious minge as she adjusted her position until she was squatting above me, my nose teasing her plump inner lips apart, while my tongue sought out her clit. She grabbed my hands and moved them up to her breasts so I could play with them, while her friend Tita fucked me. You like boobs? She asked. Big black knockers? I mumbled assent into her cunt, and she laughed. And pussy? One of the other women asked. The woman riding my face laughed. Judging by the way he eats it, I'm pretty damn sure he does. She said. Good. Said the woman whose wonderful soft tits had been wrapped around my cock, and she straddled my hips and guided my pole into her tight wet twat. It felt wonderful and I had to concentrate on licking around the other woman's clit to distract myself from the sensation and avoid coming too soon. I must have done an okay job, because the woman on my face came twice before the one grinding on my cock came once. My turn, said the third woman, the one whose enormous boobs I'd sucked on earlier. No fair, said the one I was fucking. She's come twice, and I've only come once. Hmph, said her friend. Okay, white boy, we know you like black pussy and black tits, but what about black booty? Ash, you greedy slut, get off his face so he can answer. Fuck yeah. I gasped. I'd then. If your skinny dick can make this hole come again before you fill her twat up with white jizz, you can fuck me up the butt. You like that idea? The woman I was fucking laughed. He does. I think his cock just grew another inch. Or would you rather come all over my tits? In your ass? I said. I mean, your tits are fantastic, but I can't see them, and if you... That's cool. She said. I prefer anal anyway. The woman riding me leaned forward and smushed her boobs against my chest, kissing my face until she found my mouth. A moment later, she gasped, then squealed. That's cheating. What? I asked. She's licking my asshole. She knows that'll make me C-U-U-M-O-H-F-E-U-C-K. Her cunt tightened around my cock like a fist, squeezing so hard I couldn't come even when she'd finished. I held onto her for a moment as she lay atop me, panting, and then the third woman said, Okay, my turn. Move your gorgeous ass. The woman sighed, then kissed me again before slowly getting to her feet. Her friend grabbed my cock and slowly impaled herself on it. Maybe she'd applied some lube. Or maybe it was just the saliva and cunt juice on my cock that made it slippery enough to slide right inside, even though her asshole was even tighter than the other woman's spasming cunt. Ah, uh, she said. Oh, that's good, that hits the spot. She leaned forwards to kiss me. My mouth tasted of pussy and her tongue tasted of ass, but that only heightened the experience that I usually prefer sex with the lights on, but the darkness heightened all the other sensations, taste, smell, the wonderfully intense hot feeling of her black hole squeezing and milking and spaghettifying my cock, the soft squelching sound of the other two women masturbating themselves or each other as we fucked. The pleasure kept increasing. I wanted to come but at the same time I didn't want this wonderful feeling to ever end. I don't know how long spent in that divine inferno, whether it was seconds or minutes or hours, and my orgasm seemed to last nearly as long, 
and as I lay there, spent and exhausted, with my t-shirt rolled up to my armpits and my jeans down to my ankles, the lights came back on and I saw the three women standing near the door. Their colorful nano-bikinis once again providing the minimal legally required cover for their hard nipples and beautiful hairless cunts. The lift lurched upwards, and the doors opened. This is our floor, said Bethany, looking over her shoulder and blowing me a kiss. Nice meeting you. Tina, grinning, pulled her butt cheeks apart to show my cum oozing out of her gaping black hole. Coming to the orgy tonight? She asked. Fuck yeah. I replied as they stepped out of the lift and disappeared from view. The End This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. We offer a free Erotica Podcast and a premium patron taboo podcast which contains more intense sexual themes. You can subscribe to the premium podcast for $2 per month or support the Erotica Podcast on Patreon to support us and allow members to request future stories and themes. Links are in the description. Thank you for listening.